Well, let's say it together. Hallelujah. Thank you, praise team. Thank you, band. Are you glad to be in God's house today? Hallelujah. You know, I, I just want to encourage you today with a very, very simple thought. Because there are so many discouragements in life. Can I get a witness? Okay. I have had many discouragements in life. I know that's true for everyone in this room. There are so many discouragements in life that when you come to church like we just had happen, no matter how searching the message may be, no matter where the Holy Spirit leads us in the Word of God and how God reveals Himself among us, you have to leave the building challenged or encouraged. Amen. So if I have not encouraged you properly over the years, I ask for your forgiveness. I want to do a better job at that because you need the encouragement and I need the encouragement. We all need encouragement. Amen. Because, listen, there's nothing worse than being around a discouraging person. Okay, I'm not the only one, right? They're negative. Glass is always half empty. Everything is wrong. They're never counting their blessings. They're always counting their problems, and they're counting them in front of you, right? So on this holiday season, we just celebrated the 4th, as you've heard. You know, I just want to give you a word of encouragement, okay? When Jesus performed miracles in the New Testament, the Bible says there was a purpose for them. Actually, there was a double purpose. When he did a miracle, it was to help the person that he was ministering to. But he also did these miracles as attesting signs. These miracles were signs that confirmed the fact that he was no ordinary man. He himself was the Messiah of God. So every miracle was a sign to those who witnessed it. Yes, I am helping you. I'm, I'm opening blinded eyes. I'm healing the leprosy. But this is also to prove to all of you that I'm him. I am the Messiah, the son of the living God himself. So then the miracles that he did, especially this one, which, which has not been duplicated before nor since, you know, I want to examine it and see what it's saying to us about Jesus as it pertains to our daily lives, okay? So we're going to read about the disciples crossing the Sea of Galilee, and and they were told by Jesus to do this, right? But this miracle is recorded in all the Gospels except for Luke. Jesus told his disciples, I want you to go to the other side of the lake. He was going to go spend some time alone in prayer, all right? So he was not in the boat when the disciples set out to the other side to get to Capernaum. But I want you to understand something, that the crossing of the lake, that sort of symbolizes our lives. Because I think you would agree with this, life is a journey. Amen? It starts at one point and it ends over there somewhere, you know. And But my goodness, they're in the middle. There are some problems. Amen? Can we get? Can we agree on that? There are some blessings, right? And there are some promises of God all along the way. But from beginning to end, it's, it's starting toward this goal. And life is kind of navigating all the problems, all the issues, all the blessings, the highs, the lows, all that stuff in the middle. Nod your heads if you're with me on that, okay? You with me? Okay. So every day we should wake up and think, oh, God has a goal for me today. There is a purpose that I need to be obediently pursuing. And on this day, for the disciples, 
That purpose was simply to obediently get across the other side of the lake, okay? And I want us to just look at this specific journey across the lake and learn a very simple lesson for all of us today that I hope will encourage you. It's John chapter 6, beginning with verse 16. I'm reading from the New Living Translation, okay? That evening, Jesus' disciples went down to the shore to wait for him. But as darkness fell and Jesus still had not come back, they got into the boat and headed across the lake toward Capernaum. Now, I want you to notice that the other gospels make this account very clear. Jesus made clear his intentions, okay? He told them to go to the other side of the lake, so he had told them to do this, right? Verse 18, reading on. Soon a gale... uh, Let me read it again. Soon a gale swept down upon them. Now, this came out of nowhere, okay? Soon a gale swept down upon them, and the sea grew very rough. They had rowed three or four miles when suddenly they saw Jesus walking on the water toward the boat. Now, here's a little context, okay? Out of nowhere, this sudden storm swept down upon them. This is true for the Sea of Galilee to this day. The terrain around the Sea of Galilee allows for high-velocity winds on the mountainsides and the cliffs that that are surrounding this lake to be suddenly sucked down through those terrains, those valleys, those crevices in the rock. And, And from all the mountains and the hills around it, the winds go east to west, but they get pulled down through these valleys, and suddenly they come out of nowhere, and they hit the lake with this ferocious intensity. Many people have lost their lives in this sudden gale force wind. It just overwhelms the boats that they are in, okay? But again, verse 18, soon a gale swept down upon them and the sea grew very rough. They had rowed three or four miles. Now, the Sea of Galilee at its widest point is about seven miles in width, okay? So these disciples were kind of in no man's land, right? I mean, it was just as far to row back as it would be to continue on. Isn't that Murphy's Law? How many understand Murphy's Law, right? Okay. So they're halfway across the lake. The storm comes. The winds are ridiculous. It's flooding the boat. These are professional fishermen, and it's a terrible storm. They're even fearing for their life, and they're experiencing real fear and real real panic, okay? They had rowed. I think we have that in the next. uh, There it is. They had rowed three or four miles. When suddenly they saw Jesus walking on the water toward the boat. They were terrified, but they called out. He called out to them, don't be afraid. I am here. They were eager to let him into the boat. I would say that's an understatement, right? Here's the second miracle. And immediately they arrived at their destination. Now, this is the second miracle mentioned here. Not just that he walked on the water. Which, by the way, do not try that at home unless God clearly tells you. Can I get a witness? Okay. But also, the moment he gets into the boat, boom, they had arrived right where they were supposed to be. Suddenly, they're not just halfway across the lake. The moment he steps into the boat, they're exactly where they need to go. So what can we learn from this story, this miracle of Jesus walking on the water? This miracle is told by all the disciples. It was obviously shared with others because it made it into Holy Scripture, okay? And this miracle was proof that Jesus Christ himself was the promised one, the Messiah, the the Son of the living God. And the first thing I want to encourage you with this morning sounds rather strange, but I want you to notice how suddenly 
Our life can be interrupted by troubles or problems or danger. Nod your heads. The Bible indicates here the disciples got into the boat sometime in the evening. It was getting dark. They set out for the other shore. But again, these were professional fishermen, right? They would not have taken off for the other side of the lake if there was some storm brewing or if there was a threat of bad weather that was evident. It was a nice evening. The water was calm. It is the bad thing of the Sea of Galilee. It looked calm, but then out of nowhere, you could be bombarded by these sudden storms. And that's the way life is. Amen. If you're here today, you may be going through one of those sudden storms right now. If not... Keep going because it will hit us out of nowhere and no one is immune from this. Can I get a witness? Yeah. Most all of us um, can look back across our lives and out of nowhere, some problem, some crisis hits us with sudden tenacity. It can be a spiritual problem. Some temptation out of nowhere. You're walking with the Lord and serving as best you can. And boom, the enemy sneaks up beside you and some temptation seizes you. And you do something very, very foolish. Or someone in your family does something very, very foolish. Maybe your spouse or one of your kids. And suddenly your whole world is turned upside down. Amen. But look at the context here. It was not like these disciples were like Jonah, you know. Running from God had to be swallowed up by a big fish and spit out to where he's supposed to go, right? They, they were not running from the Lord. They were doing exactly what the Lord had said to do. Go to the other side of the lake. Yet, as they are being obedient to the Lord's directive, a sudden storm hits them that looks like it's going to destroy them. That is when your faith gets tested. Because, listen, anybody can trust God when the sun's shining. Amen. The test of our faith that we struggle with in this life and that God permits is what do you do in the storm? What do you do when the wind whips up out of nowhere? Do we do we crumble? Do we complain or panic? Do we want to give up and quit and grow bitter? Or do we say, wait a minute, wait a minute. God must have permitted this. So what am I supposed to learn from this? See, sudden storms can be financial. They can hit a family member. Maybe it's a health issue. Maybe a child turns rebellious overnight to the point you don't even recognize who they are anymore. They become a prodigal. Maybe this happened to people here in this church. Your family turns against you. Why? Well, before, let me just be honest with you. You were a nut job before, right? I mean, you're partying all the time. You couldn't hold a job, couldn't follow through on your responsibilities. But now God has transformed you and your family looks to you for stability. However, when they want to party and do dumb things, they rebel against you because you're not like that anymore. Amen. Am I right? Makes no sense at all. Just another sneaky attack of the enemy of our soul. Because I I say all this to say this. Life has some difficult stuff in it. Would you agree with that? And it can hit suddenly, okay? I'm reminding you of this to encourage you in the end, but we have to acknowledge, first of all, this life is uncontrollable. It's uncertain. God never promised it would be easy because sometimes the sudden storms hit. That's right. And they can happen to anyone. Anyone. Many of us in this church family have endured the sudden storms of life. Boom! Hit you out of nowhere, right? Storm, 
terror, panic, sudden loss, loved ones rebel, fear. How many identify with fear? Life is full of ups and downs, and at times it is extremely, extremely difficult. Mark's gospel tells us the disciples were straining against the oars because the wind was so strong against them. Even when you're doing exactly what God asked you to do, you know, when I signed up to go across the lake, I had no idea this was going to happen. This just came out of nowhere, right? So just be aware that life has its storms that hit us suddenly. And while God may permit it, it does not, listen, it does not mean you're out of God's will. You can be in the middle of God's will for your life and out of nowhere, a sudden storm hits you. So don't panic. Don't think, well, why me? I must have done something wrong. Listen, life just happens. Amen. And what made this situation so difficult for the disciples was it was pitch black. Storm. Wind so strong. I mean, the boat's in danger of capsizing. Fear. And Jesus is not with them. Or is he? They sure couldn't see him, right? Scriptures indicate they couldn't feel his presence. So you stir all that together gently and add a dash of frustration and you get total meltdown. Amen. How many of you have been there before? Now, listen, this this happens in life. So let's not be too hard on the early disciples, because sometimes when you are in the, the, uh, the midst of the storm, you have no sense of God's presence, even for us. Listen, we live after the resurrection. We've got the promise of Scripture, the promise of Holy Spirit. Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. Disciples didn't have that. Right. But, but they're just, and when you are straining against the wind, and, and it's something, it's sometimes struggle just to recognize the living presence of God in the midst of the storm. That's human nature. You with me? So listen, your faith has to be built upon something stronger than just your feelings. You might want to write that down. Your faith has to be built upon something stronger than just your feelings. Just because you may not sense his presence in the midst of the storm, the fact remains that his promises are true and you have proven them true in your own life time and time and time again. Amen? And here's what I ask you to notice. The second thing I want you to take away from this episode, Jesus Christ comes walking to them on the very thing that's scaring them to death. Which tells us that although he may not have been with them physically in the boat, he was closely watching them because they were the apple of his eye. He knew exactly what they were doing. They were experiencing what they were fearing. Uh, These were his disciples, his posse. He did not pick them to drown them. Amen. He had a future for them yet to be realized. And he did not save you to drown you. He did not save you to abandon you or allow you to flounder in hopelessness. He did not place his hand upon you and call you into his service and transform your life to throw you away and discard you. So even though they were having a complete meltdown, Jesus was closely watching them, was on his way toward them, walking on the very thing that was frightening them because he is the son of the living God and nothing is impossible with him. Amen? Can we affirm that today? No matter what you're going through, Jesus is aware of every pain 
Every overwhelming circumstance, every fear, every problem, no one else may know or care. But our Lord and Savior knows. He understands. He cares. He is closely watching you. And when you don't know what to do next, he knows exactly what to do next. And he is able. Amen. So I just want to encourage all of you today. When you feel alone like these disciples must have felt, what in the world are we going to do out here? We're going to die right here. Jesus is watching. He's closer than you think because he loves you. Amen. Oh, Pastor Lee, he may love you because you're a preacher. He may love the staff because they serve God. Listen, please, we have all failed God more times than we can count. We live life just like you do, okay? And there are times when we question and we struggle as well. This truth, listen, is for each and every one of us in this room. Amen? Jesus loves each of us because he is love. Amen? I don't care how many times you have messed up. He is steadily focused on you right this very moment. You may think you're all alone. All you can see is the storm raging around you. But trust me, Jesus is watching you right now. He's going to help you and comfort you and strengthen you. He is closer than you may feel or think. He has not abandoned us. Amen? You are his beloved child. He cares for each of you. And this storm is temporary. The storm is not the last word because, like we said last week, this world's not our home. Amen? And Almighty God has a future and a hope and a purpose for each and every one of us. Can you believe that? Would you give him praise? He's a faithful God. Do you agree? He's a faithful God. Now, now notice again, the very thing that they thought was going to kill them, the storm, is the very thing that Jesus came walking on top of to get to them, right? So the very thing that we think is insurmountable and impossible may be the very instrument he uses to come to us. He places steel into our soul because of it. He uses it to not only bring ultimate victory, but to strengthen our faith and in the process to authenticate his faithfulness. And listen, you may not see that right away, but you keep walking with Jesus and you will discover his word is true. His love is enduring. His power is able and his faithfulness has been proven true time and time and time again. Amen. Now, sometimes we may have a problem and it's that very problem that makes us look to him. And he uses that difficulty to draw us nearer to him and to deepen our faith. Okay, think about that. Now, I'm about to close. So but there's one strange twist in the story I want you to notice before we go home. Okay. When Jesus is walking on the water, these disciples who are straining against the wind, it's dark, they're full of despair, desperation, they see this figure, and now they're freaking out. They are double panicked. Is that a phrase? Double panicked. But they were, okay? The Bible says they're terrified, okay? Listen to what Jesus says. Don't be afraid. I am. There's a little bit more to that than meets the eye, okay? Jesus here is using the exact same phrase that God uses to reveal himself to Moses back in Exodus 3 when Moses said to God, Jesus, excuse me, God, 
you're going to send me to Pharaoh and all these people here. And, and they're going to ask me when I go before him, what, what's the name of the God that sent you? What am I supposed to say to them? And God said, you tell them, I am. I am. I don't depend on anyone. I was before. I will be after. I'm the only thing that exists that does not depend on anything else. I am the author and the finisher of everything you have ever experienced and understand. I am the Alpha and the Omega. When they want to know who sent them to you, who sent them to you, you tell them, I am. So here. Jesus spoke his name through his lips himself, identifying himself as the almighty God saying, don't be afraid. The I am is here. You think this storm's going to stop me? I created these winds and these waves, you know. This thing that you're afraid of, you think it can overcome me? The great I am is here. And I don't know about you, that blesses my heart and gives me pause to be able to be more relaxed and rest assured even in the midst of the storm because nothing is impossible with our God. I don't have to fear the storms. I don't have to fear what the doctors say. I don't have to worry about finances. I don't have to live my life in dread of the future. I don't have to stay up all night driving myself sick with worry. My God's got this. Amen. So number one, life can have some real sudden storms. And if you're in the midst of one right now, please be of good cheer. Don't panic. Second Timothy one, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And I know that these storms hit us very, very suddenly, and they're not easy. They're very, very difficult. I am not making light of that at all. I'm just trying to encourage you this morning and remind you, Almighty God holds us in the palms of His hands. Nothing is a surprise to Him. Job 12:10. In His hand is the life of every living thing and the breath of all mankind. Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. You can trust our loving God, right? Because no matter how big the storm, Jesus comes walking on top of it to pick us up and help us through. Secondly, the moment Jesus climbed into the boat, the scripture declares immediately they arrived at their goal. We all have a goal for life. Amen. Invite Jesus into your boat today. You'll get to where you need to go a whole lot faster. Amen. You believe that? Let me just remind you, Hebrews 11, 5 says, Without faith, it's impossible to please God. You have to step out of unbelief. You have to step away from fear. You have to step out of negativity and that critical spirit, that panic, the the attacks that cause you to worry. You have to step away from that and say, no, I believe in Jesus. He loves me. He's promised good for me. He's all powerful. He has never let me down. I choose to trust in him. He knows what I'm going through. And he's going to come walking on that very thing that is causing me fear. He's going to get me through this storm and he's going to get me to where he wants me to go. Amen. Would you please close your eyes and bow your heads with me?
Heads bowed, please. If you're going through a storm right now and it's hard and it's dark and there are anxiety attacks and there's attacks of fear and the winds are blowing hard and you're struggling to feel the comforting presence of Jesus in your circumstance. I just want to encourage you this morning. He is with you. He loves you. Because he, it's, it's always too soon to quit, so just hang on. Amen? Pretty soon you're going to see Him. You keep believing. You keep trusting. Pretty soon you're going to see Him walking on top of that very thing that's causing you struggle. And before you even know it, He's going to get you to where you got to go. And you're going to see again. He is the great I am. There's going to be a manifestation of his power and grace in your life that will enable you also to help other people because you will then be able to say, let me tell you what God did for me. I was halfway across the lake when the storm hit. I did not know what to do, but Jesus Christ brought me to the other side. If you're here today and the storm is raging, these altars have become a very precious place of prayer for so many of us. I'd like to pray for you, the pastoral team, friends here in this church family, your family members. We would all like to pray for you because we've all been there. We all go through storms and God is here in the presence of his Holy Spirit. And he wants to comfort and encourage you today before you leave. So with all heads bowed, would you please stand? The praise team's going to sing. These altars are open for your benefit as we close this gathering in a time of prayer. Please, please do not hesitate. We want to have a prayer time right around these altars, these front rows, as we close this service. As the praise team sings, you come right now, okay? You come and let's close this service in prayer. If you'd like to help us pray around the altars, feel free to move forward right now. But Heavenly Father, we as a people, your prized creation the children of God that you love. We come before you in gratitude and thanksgiving for the many different ways we have witnessed your faithfulness across our life. You have proven yourself true time and time and time again. And Heavenly Father, whether right now the storm is raging again or the, the clouds are starting to gather or we simply want to say, God, as we walk forward in obedience, we want to know you have your eye on us. I would pray that you would simply assure those who are kneeling here. Assure those who are going through the storms of life where decisions are overwhelming, where complicated circumstances are wearing them out, where they've been up at night worrying, Father, where they're questioning everything. Would you wrap your arms of love around them? Would you remind them that you are the great I am? Nothing is impossible with you. You know exactly what's happening. Nothing is a surprise to you. And you're going to get us to the other side of the lake. You're going to get us to the goal, Father, because we are your children. And I simply pray, Father, for all of these in the midst or facing a storm, that in the process we can point others to you. And they will see a calm sense of peace in us and we will have the privilege and opportunity to say, look what God did for me. 
Our Heavenly Father is so faithful and true. You don't need to worry about it. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If He helped the disciples, He's going to help me. And I ask in the name of Jesus that we would sense that steel being built into our soul. That we would face the adversary and the, and the battles of life in the confidence to know our great God goes before us. And greater is He than he who's in this world. <laughs> so Father, on this holiday weekend, would you encourage these, your children? Oh, Father, grief hits us suddenly at times. Storms rage, and sometimes they're just out of nowhere. Help us not to lose faith in the midst of that. But help us, dear Father, to realize you've permitted it. We can rest in you. What do you want to teach us in the midst of it? Help us, God. We think of the fact that the great Apostle Paul, almost every book he wrote, closed the book by saying, please pray for me. So, Father, we have gathered as your children saying, God, we need your help. We need you to walk with us every step of the way. And you faithfully do that. You've promised that. So, Father, encourage us today and build our faith. And may our lives glorify you, we pray. In the matchless name of Jesus, we ask these things together. And all God's people said, Amen.